Yeah. Wait, what? You know, how are you going to ever believe somebody or understand, you know, what's going on if the person that's doing it doesn't even use or trial or understand it? If you got one spark up, you listen to the Higher Learning Podcast for 420 NJ Events. Let's go! Welcome to the Higher Learning Podcast with 420 NJ Events. It's your boy, Brendan Robinson here. I'm here with my boy, my main man, Nick D'Amelio from Terrasen, Cultivation Manager. What's up, baby? How are you, my man? Good to see you. Good to see you as always, brother. It's great to see you, actually. Speaking of good, being good to see you, man, I'm seeing you all over the goddamn place, all right? <laughs> you definitely, uh, your stock is definitely uh, going up, man. Not saying it wasn't already booming, but like, you know, when it comes to New Jersey cannabis, Nick D's name is becoming synonymous with the Garden State. So we want to get into that. But before we do, man, um, and we get into everything you're working on, I want to start at the bare bones, man. I want to just talk to the audience about who is Nick D and kind of how did your love for the plant get started? So I'm Nick D. They call me the New Jersey Gas Man as a, as a little nickname. Um, I got into cannabis in about four years ago um, in the legal industry. I started using cannabis probably in the heavier sense on um, like around my 18th birthday, actually. Um, I started growing for the first dispensary in New Jersey for about a year. Um, I grew there for, like I said, about a year. Um, I kind of realized like there was more that I wanted to do. Um, so I eventually um, started looking elsewhere, found a job um, at Cureleaf actually. I received an um, interview and I interviewed with them and I was ready to go there. Um, and in the middle of all of that, the new six licenses were awarded their um, applications. I'm sorry, the new six applications were um, awarded their licenses and I applied to all those and I ended up landing an interview with TerraSend who um, was just looking for a cultivator at the time it said online, didn't say anything specific. I um, ended up doing the interview process and landing the job there as their first hire and their head grower um, in 2018. Um, my two year anniversary actually comes up in 12 days. Hell so yeah, hell yeah. Two years I helped build this place from the farm to the finish um i got into cannabis um when I, again when i was 18 because my stepdad was diagnosed with uh pancreatic cancer and it kind of um, was the only thing that gave him an appetite it was the only thing that you know kind of uh, kept him out of the bathroom and um <clears throat> when i realized like wow this does something you know it's just smoking a bowl i didn't really think much of it um he passed away and I, you know, looked more into the stuff and was looking more into cannabis and CBD oils and um, FICOs, which is fully extracted cannabis oils and or known as RSO, Rick Simpson oil. Um, and essentially, I started looking into that kind of stuff. And in the middle of all that, um, when things kind of calmed down after him passing, my um, 25 year old cousin was diagnosed with a, a stomach cancer and um, he went into remission I think after like eight months of battling and a year after remission it came back and like they say it comes back with a vengeance um and it was in spots where you couldn't remove and we started treating him with some CBD oils that I was getting from Maine um because THC really wasn't available at the time as you know it is now um and it really did help him and I'll never forget the quote he said it tasted like the home uh the garden section in Home Depot was what it tasted like um, and when he said that, I knew exactly what he meant. Um, I realized that that really helped him. It kind of gave him a quality of life. Um, it was too late, you know, when we did start treatments and it kind of was more of a, a benefit for him and, you know, keeping him comfortable and maybe not hitting that morphine button every 20 minutes. It was more of a, um, a way for him to relax. Um, 
And that's what got me into cannabis and got me into like, you know, where I am today and why I am so passionate about the plants and the patients. Um, I was even in high times for my passion for the plants and patients, um, you know, not for the growing side of things, which is a whole nother game. Um, we love that. I love growing. But, you know, the passion for that plants and the patients that I have is, is up here, um, you know, and I really think that, you know, we can make a difference. And that's why I'm here. No, absolutely, bro. I mean, listen, that's, that's a very inspiring story, you know, just, just seeing, you know, your career trajectory and then obviously you seeing directly the benefits that the plant can have on someone dealing with debilitating uh, you know, illnesses such as such as cancer and things like that, man. So, wow, that's amazing. Um, speaking of amazing, the excitement right now, Nick D, with, with, with NY going legal, Jersey going legal, like it's crazy right now, brother. You know that, right? But, you know, I, I want to come to you and kind of just ask you, right? We're here in Jersey. We're waiting for the, the new regulations to get written out. We don't have to get into any specifics around regulations. But you as a cultivator, what are some of the things you're you're looking forward to when it comes to the, the, the new adult use market? I'm looking forward to catching up. Um, new Jersey's been in this program or in this industry for 10 years. You know, we received medical cannabis in 2009 and it started in 2010 when Greenleaf opened. Um, I think we are behind, but I don't think that's our fault. I think that's just, you know, times are, you know, you, it's hard to move quickly when you're, you don't know really, you know, the extent of what you're doing. And I think that New Jersey needs to, you know, really look at other states that are doing it right. And we need more products. We need more um, availability. Um, I think that it's going to look more like the West Coast eventually with, you know, New York and New Jersey having legal cannabis and New York having home grow. You know, that really sets up them to become uh, pioneers on the East Coast to understand, like, you know, this market needs dabs and concentrates. And it's not just to get high. You know, medical patients need dabs, too, and syringes with distillate or live resin with terps and, you know, even solventless extraction that just keeps people completely um, comfortable on, you know, the, the extraction side of things where they don't have to worry about solvents and things like that because they don't understand it. You know, it's safe, but if you don't understand it, there should be options for, you know, everybody at that point. And I think that you know, we're really gonna move that way, but it's just when. And I think that, you know, we're gonna be like a, you know, a East Coast, California. You know, we're gonna have everything from the small batch grow, I think, to the big, you know, dog on top. And I think that's where we're, we're headed. I just don't know when it's gonna happen. For sure, for sure. You know, it's funny you say that, <clears throat> excuse me. It's, it's funny you say that because I sit back and I, I think about cannabis. I've been smoking since I was 20, I'm 33 now. And, you know, we got our first 420 coming up, our first legal 420. You know, I can't wait, man. So when, when I think about things like that, I just I start to ponder and go, what is New Jersey going to look like with a fully wreck? Uh, excuse me, not wreck, with a fully adult use market. What is that going to look like? Like, what do you see it looking like? I see it looking amazing. Mm. But at the same time, I see it kind of um, being difficult for towns or or not town it'd be difficult for um licensees to actually do the things they want because so many towns in new jersey are already trying to ban you know the consumption of cannabis in public and taking away all the things that they're already giving us and i think that when people realize that this plant is probably the least dangerous thing that anyone can get their hands on it will change but i think the beginning is going to be really tough I don't think we're going to be this like, you know, free flowing lounge, barren, uh, blunt smoking down the block state until they educate everybody on, you know, it's not like 
getting drunk and it's not like doing drugs, you know, it's, it's different. And I think people need to understand that before we really, you know, become that state that we can. But I think eventually we have the, you know, the capability to be like a California where we have, you know, an open market, but you know, everybody that has a, um, a license, whether it's bottom dog or top dog, there's a market for them. I think that right now there's no market for everybody. I think that's what's going to be the difference. I think that's what's going to we're going to see in the open market is like we're going to see availability, we're going to see options, and we're going to see more product sure. and different kind of growing. Like you know, uh, I'm 90% sure that the entire state is like a hydroponic at this point. Um, you know, we're going to eventually see small, you know, small batch living organic soils. You're going to see large scale living organic soils. Who's to say that? Um, you know, one of us won't switch to, you know, that market if it goes that way, you know? So I think that, you know, we're, we're not, we're very new to this industry, but we're really not. We're just, you know, we're just catching up now because, you know, we're finally figuring out our laws, our regulations and what we're going to do. But I see it going to like a West coast type style because of New York also following. I think then Pennsylvania is going to follow. And then you already have the whole top East coast, you know, you're going to have Rhode Island is pretty much you know, right there anyway, you know, I think that the whole entire East Coast along the shoreline eventually is going to be just, you know, you can travel with mm -hmm. canvas and not, excuse me, not get in trouble or not have to worry about, oh, wait, I went to a different state. My medical card's not valid. Well, you can walk into the recreational store and buy some cannabis. For sure. You know, it, you're so spot on, man, because like even New York, what I love about their plan is that you can actually consume outside wherever you can smoke a cigarette. And, and that's like us as a like open air act for patients is like that. But I don't see New Jersey allowing that because of how many people don't want it in their towns to begin with. I think they're going to make it more like a designated thing. Like, you know, you're trying to take it away from like, you know, nature walks. Like, why would you, why, why, why can't somebody smoke cannabis in a walk in nature? Like, I don't want people throwing um, cigarette butts or, or even raw filters or anything like that. But like, who says you can't bring a bowl into, you know, the woods and enjoy yourself? You know, I think people should be, have to be responsible and they worry about fires and they worry about littering. And as a plant lover, so do we. You know, I think that we're probably, the, probably, hopefully the most cautious people when it comes to, you know, the environment at that sake. You know, I'm not going to throw you know, backwood packs in the freaking woods. I'm gonna put them in the bag that I brought and take them home and throw them out. You know, I think that they're like trying to prevent those things or, oh, you're with kids. You know, I, you know, what's the difference of smoking a cigarette and smoking a joint? You know, your your education is key. Ignorance is not an excuse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, like, like that, that's spot on, right? The educational aspect is so crucial. And it's interesting, like, like that's why we're, we're, we're partnering with people like Minority Cannabis Academy, right? Because they're focused on the education aspect. And I, I, wanna, I wanna just kind of get your thoughts on this too. When I listen to you talk about it, right? It's the stigma that's really getting in our way. Oh, you know, You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's bad, Nick, because this same stigma is now impacting our communities. We're saying no to something we don't even understand, you know? And, and, and that, that, that's, that's a crucial piece, brother. So I agree with you. It's really scary. It's really scary because, you know, we're, we're only getting, my boy Leo Bridgewater always says it, right? We're only getting cannabis legalized in New Jersey. We're only ending prohibition of cannabis in New Jersey one time. And for us to be as uneducated in some spots, and we have folks who are very educated, obviously, right? But I think it's really important just to spread awareness just as much as education. Agreed. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, I've had people in 2018 tell me there is no medical program. Wow. You're eight years behind, my friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's not, you know, and I don't blame them. I don't blame 
police officers, I don't, I don't mean, it was a police officer that actually told me there was no medical program when I told him I had a medical marijuana card, gave him my card, and he was just confused and curious. You know, I think that, and it's not their fault. It's mm -hmm. not store owner's fault. If you try to smoke a joint outside in the smoking section, they tell you to leave. You know, they don't understand the law because no one's telling them the law. And I, I think that's the biggest problem. And I think that the commission or the regular the Department of Health is doing a really good job in trying to educate people but it's the fact that they're also educating themselves and everything just changes all the time you know yeah, we, we, sure. we want more and more and more because we want to catch up to other states but they're just trying to catch up to what we have now and i yeah. think that they you know and that's why the commission is coming on that's why they're you know bringing on new people and expanding the program and i think that they're gonna be educated i think we just we've been slow at doing it and now it's time to you know really turn it up because we're gonna have a lot of issues with people getting put in handcuffs or lawsuits or getting po like police in trouble because they're not aware and you know the whole like oh the cops can get charged like all that is like so i don't even know the word it's so uh extreme it's just like you know let's just tell the people listen you, you know people smoking cannabis in public you don't arrest them you can tell them to move if they're at this location or that location or put it out if they're not in the right spot but you know it's just that the fact that they're not you know they don't know yet everyone's like oh i don't know the laws yeah what's the laws even people in new york are like oh can i grow yet can i grow tomorrow do you have you know can i do this no they have the laws there but there's no regulations or there's no you know set stone of what we can or can't do and i think that is like the problem you know they're it's legal, guys, by the way. You can carry up to freaking three ounces and you can have five pounds at home, but you can't buy it in a store and you can't grow it. So where are you getting it? Seriously. You know, and, and then you can't sell it. But then you get, you know, and then you can't get searched for smell, but, you know, you can have, I, I don't know. It's very, it just needs to be black and white on paper so that from police, you know, politicians, <laughs> to town officials, to the consumer, to the patient can understand their rights and, you know, what is allowed and what is not allowed. Because it's like why writing a ticket for the person smoking in front of the store because they weren't a hundred feet away from the you know the entrance or is like completely unfair because it's just not being it's not out there you know I think just education is key and like you know people don't mean to be ignorant all the time some do but you know I think that you know it's just that they don't even know you know they they, they don't know and I and I'll say this and I, and I always say keep the same energy right and, and what I mean by that is. We spent 50, when I say we, the United States spent $50 billion a year on the war on drugs. We came on TV and did press conferences about the war on drugs. Where's the press conference on the new cannabis laws and social equity? Where's the $50 billion on that, right? You know what I'm saying? Where's the commercials that explain how medical cannabis um, helps patients and stuff like that instead of the girl who laid like flattened on the couch and said my friend is not the same anymore and their heads explode and shit from all those commercials that they had oh, yeah. you know they put money into that why can't they put the money into like you know medical cannabis go on newjersey.gov to, um, to you know figure out the laws you don't have to have a cannabis commercial i know the laws don't allow weed commercials but make a commercial about this is how you educate yourself on these new laws no you can't just go out and have weed in your freaking car and go look at all because that's what people thought i got texts and emails and phone calls like oh bro i'm coming over we got so much i can no relax they're still gonna take it they're still gonna write you a ticket they're still gonna give you a hard time because they don't know yet you know they're not gonna put their job in jeopardy even though it is a plant and I don't agree with it. You know, they're not gonna put their job in jeopardy because they don't know the law. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. No one told them. No one told me, and you're right, right? Because again, that energy's not there. That 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 institutional training, 
around this is the plant, this is what it does, and this is how we're going to regulate it, and this is how we're going to enforce it. Because to your point, there are rules we have to follow, right? Obviously, um, but yeah, I, I digress, brother. But listen, the good news, let's, let's stay optimistic for a second. The good news is I think that this is going to bring a lot of closet smokers, right? This adult, mer adult market is going to bring a lot of closet smokers out of the woodworks, which is great. And I get excited when I think about that. But then I, I kind of start thinking about the flip side of it, right? We're already a state that's in deficit of flour. Yeah. You know, we're already a state that that's wanting more. And then when you think about 70% of our state, our state of eight point, you know, whatever million people want cannabis. We're gonna need more growers. So we got a lot of cultivators watching this thing, Nick. Um, obviously you're very experienced, you've been through a lot. You're talking to a, a, a newer cultivator. What are some of the first things you're telling them? Be ready to work, but also honestly, be open to learning. Um, I think the biggest thing about becoming a cultivator, whether you've been growing 16 plants in your closet for 20 years and or not, you know, I think that everyone thinks they know, not everybody, but a lot of people think they know everything. And I think the biggest thing that for me, it's like, I wanna learn every day. I think people need to realize that, you know, as a cultivator, there's gonna be a lot of things that you've never seen before. There's gonna be a lot of different complications, especially in a larger scale grow from, you know, going from six plants to 600 plants, you're gonna have issues. Going from six plant, 600 plants to 6,000 plants, you're gonna have different issues. And going from 6,000 plants to 60,000 plants, like, you know, someone like us, you know, we're, we're dealing with, automation and you know electrical and things that can just go wrong in a split second that cause so many issues so honestly as a new cultivator be ready for problems be ready to work long long days and long nights and always be on call you got to remember your plants your ladies are living organisms that essentially you know need your care you're 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 their caregiver if you don't feed them if you have you know um room issues because of whatever you're the one that has to be there to fix it and make sure that things get corrected and as a new you know cultivator whether it's just getting into the industry for the first time or trying to open one i think whether you're trying to open one or just trying to get in i think starting from not necessarily the bottom but you know at entry level really gives you a standpoint on you know what it takes to be the top dogs in this industry and i think you know doing the the cultivation entry level work is something that everybody needs to do whether you think you know everything or not um i think that you'll learn things on the production side that you never knew i think you'll learn things from other growers that you never knew and i think that <clears throat> essentially you know you can always learn something and i think that you need to just be open to new ideas and also you know you need to be open and understand the complications that come with a larger scale grow you know i think that everyone thinks it's so easy to grow a bunch of plants and be perfect and you know the complaints of this and that but you know a room could be um you know essentially off for a couple hours because of a power outage and the generators didn't kick on and the chiller's not up and you know those issues will be thought of. you'll see them later in your rooms and you know that's uncontrollable at that point and you know i think that's what people don't understand that there's always going to be things that need to be improved and fixed and that's just part of the game. Sure, for sure. Man, um, you know, you, you, you're messing my head up right now because obviously I'm a cannabis lover, right? I, I love the plant, but I, I up until maybe three, six, three, three to six months ago, I haven't been so much on the scientific side of it, right? We actually partnered and, uh, and actually have someone on our team now who's our, our chief scientific officer. And we're really focused on the extracting and, and processing. And obviously you mentioned the, the solvents versus the 
ethanols versus like all kind of, you know, different ways these things are happening. And she's really educated me to just the dangers of the, this testing not being done correctly in, in certain areas, right? So like, when I'm thinking about just you and the conversation you and I have had offline, you're obviously someone who's really big on not just the plant, but processing it in the healthiest, safest fashion. Talk about how important that is. Yeah, so like with testing and with regulations, like honestly that, you know, um, other states do a lot more testing. And I think we're gonna see that happen as there's more and more grows coming on because, you know, they're giving us the responsibility of testing things and making sure that you're following regulations and making sure, you know, that things are done proper. But honestly, testing your product, especially in the, um, extracted form and the, and the process form is extremely important because you're dealing again with solvents and big machineries and you know things that could cause you know heavy metal issues and things like that and that's why equipment is important um, SOPs are important you know PPE is important and you know essentially um, you need to understand that you know you're dealing with a plant that can have issues. You know, you need to understand that testing is necessary because this is a, a, a product that is being ingested, whether it's um, smoking it, eating it, you know, dabbing it, whatever it may be. Sure. I think that testing is one of the most important processes of this program. And I think that we're gonna be getting better and better at it as the state moves forward because there's gonna be third-party testing labs to come in. Um, you know, there's gonna be the Department of Health doing testing still. There's gonna be in-house testing. There's gonna be um, eventually, hopefully we have terpenes tested and more, you know, other um, cannabinoids that are not being tested, tested and stuff like that, that patients want to see because our market is sadly driven by, you know, THC percentage and we can sure. get into that later. We know that's not where you want to be driven at. And essentially, if we're not testing turkey profiles or other cannabinoid profiles, you know, you're essentially just setting up a number driven market. Mm. And, you know, I don't think that's, but um, I think that, you know, proving and showing that you're you're keeping a consistent quality medicine is, is is super important you know thc numbers can fluctuate from one batch to another a batch can come back at 25 percent thc with 1.4 percent terps and the next batch can come back with three percent terps and you know 21 percent thc people want to see that you know or, or you know we want to see that too you know if our plant or our mother plant is you know stressed out or old or whatever it may be who's to say that if we don't continue to test the, the cannabinoid profile but that if it's not deteriorating in appearance to say that's not deteriorating in something else you know it doesn't happen if you take care of your plants and you're you know maintaining um you know frequent mothers and rotating your plants out and taking care of them but you know i think that the batch test results or the you know the, the frequent test results you know really get paint you the picture of what you're getting every time no, absolutely, man. And it's, 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 again, it's something that I wasn't adverse then, but now that we built the Minority Cannabis Academy and now we're building out our uh, our, uh, our actual testing lab. I haven't even told you about that yet. We're going to talk about that offline. We're actually building a testing lab to be, uh, that's going to test for terpenes and test for all the things you're talking about because we need that, brother. You know what I'm saying? Great. Now, my brother couldn't be here, man. He sends his regards. He's, uh, he's on the road. We're actually looking to expand into some other states. Um, but he told me I got to ask this question to Nick Digg. What's your favorite string and why? So honestly, deep down, I'm gonna probably have to say like a real chem, a real chem D, um, you know, and there's chem dog, there's chem D, there's chem, you know, chem 91. I think the, like the old school chem 91, chem Ds are like my go-to. Um, I just love the funk. I love funky, I like to call it garlic cheesy feet from like GMO. You know, GMOs, GMO is probably one of my favorites too, but I, I always like everyone always says like GMO is king and I agree, but chem is king. 
Cam is king because GMO wouldn't exist without Cam and Cam's sister and Cam cookies and all those things that Mamiko used to create that shrine. You know, I think that Cam is king, but it's long time, big smoke. I've seen people who smoke every day, you know, all day. Dad smoke some Cam, that is real Cam, that is like to the head, get your stone. And they're like, bro, I can't. I can't smoke this weed. Like I can't. It's just, you know, that's the chem I like. I love chems. They're just so different. And I think that they're so underrated because of all the new strains out there with gelatos and rons, which are all are great. But can't, people forget where a lot of these dang strains came from. Yeah. Know, yeah. They forget with the lineage, the backtrack of, you know, chem and chem D and chem 91s and the sours and the funks are what created the wedding cakes and the Girl Scouts and the and the runs and the gelatos and all that stuff. That stuff came from, you know, the originals. And I think that chem is unmatchable. Um, I have a cultivar at work that's a chem cross of some sort. I wish I could get into more details about the strain, but it grows awesome too. That's another thing. I like growing the chems. They're just like super hardy plants, you know, old school, like, um, old school chem uh, crosses and chems that are like, you know, good genetics. They just are hardy plants. They grow great vigorous uh, branching. They're super hardy. They like to, you know, grow these like great, like cowlick buds on top. They just, they look like chem. Like I had chem like a few weeks ago that looks like the structure of the plant that's growing in the room. So it's just like, makes me happy to see that. And like the smell starting to come in and the turf profile starting to be there. And for me, it's like, you could put in the frostiest, fruitiest, you know, cherries and purples and bananas that everybody loves. and. I'm gonna take that funky, you know, weird looking chem nug that probably people look at and go, what is that? Cause chems grow weird too, but it's just, there's just something about chems and about the the high from chems. I just wanna like create um, an empire when I smoke chem or like build a, build a, build a building when I smoke chem. It's just like, uh, it's like steroids. No, man, listen, ladies and gentlemen, like th this is why we get, this is why Nick D is all over our platform, okay? This is like, you're not getting this anywhere else. You're not getting this anywhere else. This is the man right here. This is the man right here. Brother, listen, man, uh, we really appreciate you. You know that we've obviously spoke on several occasions. We're, we're huge fans of what you do. We're huge fans of what you stand for. We obviously uh, love the company, love Terrasen, love the crew, love Diana, love Justin, love all those folks. Um, how do folks how do how do folks follow Nick D, right? Nick D's doing his thing. He's, he's growing, he's building this awesome team. How do we keep in contact with you throughout this process? Um. I try to post as much as I can on LinkedIn. Um, Facebook is kind of there. Instagram is big. Um, I like to, you know, share a lot of the repost on Instagram and about like, you know, what's going on. But Facebook's really good. Um, but I think Instagram's probably the best way to follow me and, um, you know, pay attention to updates and things, whether it's with New York or New Jersey, Scrounge probably the best bet to follow, like for like my thoughts and, you know, what I'm smoking on or what I'm doing and, um, you know, what I can post and what I can share, so. Sure. And what's your Instagram? Uh, Nick D seven with two Ks. Okay. Okay. Nick D seven with two Ks. Yep. Okay. All right, y'all. There you have it. This has been the Higher Learning with Four Twenty NJ Events Podcast, where it's always Four Twenty. Did you learn something new? Did you guys find this valuable? If you did, please like, comment, or subscribe. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Thanks for watching. Peace.